0: At the podcast where we review books. Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where I, Eva,
1: and I, Kira, discuss young adult fiction.
0: Happy Pride, Kira. Happy Pride, Eva. It's June. Uh June is a very special month for the LGBTQ Plus community because it is Pride Month and Pride commemorates a wonderful riot against police brutality, which happened in 1969, at a place called the Stonewall Inn in New York, while they were protesting police brutality against members of the LGBTQ+ community. So, it's a special month. Yeah,
1: it is a special month. This year we get to celebrate it twice because mm-hmm. we've got we've got June as Pride Month, of course, but due to COVID-19, everything has been cancelled and a lot of things are being moved to September, second Pride Month.
0: That's so funny to me. September's never going to be Pride month, like I know it won't not... be.
1: And uh, just a lot of pride things are being moved in in in, in ideas to to September. Dublin tried to
0: make winter pride a thing as well, and that's just not.
1: It rains kinda... all the time. Why would winter pride be a good idea? Like you can't guarantee a good day in June. Um but mm. yes, uh pride is a protest. It's just very relevant. The world right now to remind everyone. I just thought
0: I would highlight the connection to police brutality.
1: Yeah, and also just remember that we wouldn't, nothing would have happened at Stonewall if the police hadn't arrived for one, and two, if there hadn't been black and trans women at the scene looking out for Mm -hmm. our rights. So, hey, LGBT people. Violence against black people—it matters to you, partly it, because I a because perte- that's a human of, person. That's a human person. I don't know how to explain to you that other human beings have value, um, as every YA character from all of our books totally has to, has discover, to yeah. discover, including our girl today. But um, I also just a percentage of the world is LGBTQ and a percentage of those people are also black and also mm-hmm. just people of color in general and have disabilities. And we are- Belong to every
0: marginalized community that there is.
1: We are a community that is marginalized and there are people within our community that experience further marginalization, I say as a white girl. And so you, you should care. You should mm. just care that other people also- are being marginalized against.
0: Also, our book.
1: against to not be marginalised against. That's not how it works. Do
0: you want to reshoot that sentence with grammar? Because <laughs> I don't mind.
1: No, I'm just going to leave it in.
0: Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you make a good point that people should give a shit about each other. I strongly believe that. And um, that includes within the community. And uh, you know, again, the community... I love to be queer. It's such a part of my life that I can just say the community, Um, but also people outside of it. (laughs) Um, Like I also care about straight black people, but your comment on Stonewall and the relevance of black trans women specifically also reminds me of another stupid debate that happens within the LGBTQ plus community, which is the idea that the letters are different and have different histories as if we are not a big mass that has been together and trans history is queer history is gay history always and forever. So, is that in all, any way relevant to the book we're talking about today? It is. Um, so, the book we're doing today is
1: Like Other Girls by Claire Hennessy. This book came out in 2017 and it was Claire Hennessy's like second very popular book. She had about nine books. Nine or ten books before this, all for young adults, um, early teens era. And her big breakout was 2016, Nothing Tastes As Good, which is about a girl dealing with an eating disorder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All of her books are set in Ireland and around Dublin because Claire Hennessy is, a- is an Irish author. Um, I used to
0: get the bus with her to work. Very nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, she... She went to Trinity and she did a BA in History and English Literature and has a master's. She did her master's there in Popular Literature Writing, Creative Writing. And she teaches creative writing now as well as um, writing her own novels. And then mm-hmm. she also has a literary journal journal that she co-founded in 2015 called Big Smoke Writing. Um, and cool. she's part of the team there. So, this book. So this
0: book came out after her breakout.
1: So, this is. Yeah, this book came out of her, after her breakout. She hasn't had a novel since. Um, but I do okay. believe she is working on something. And this book is grace. Ish. Okay. I have a lot of feelings about this. Okay.
0: okay. It's,
1: it's kind of. It's kind of like a time capsule of a book because mm-hmm. so many things have changed since in Irish like it's so recent but we in Ireland we've had so many like different cultural resets in the last like 5 years that it also is like strange to think about for instance So when is it set? It is set in 2017.
0: Okay. Well, that's recent.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it is contemporary and at the same time you're like, "Oh my god, this is almost historical." Um And when I read it originally, I read it uh, because I knew that it was a book that dealt with a young girl in Ireland having an unplanned pregnancy and then having to look into getting an abortion. And due to the time that it is set in, it was not legal to get an abortion in Ireland. uh, Something that has only been rectified in the last two years. Yeah. So, like the so the law that like stopped people from getting an abortion in ireland was the eighth amendment and repealing the eighth only happened in 2018 so like within a year this book was not as relevant Relevant. but it was super controversial to have a book in which a 16 year old traveled to the uk and had an abortion in the year that we were debating it yeah yeah um like, it's been a massive part of Ireland for 30 or 40 years. We've been talking about taking out the Eighth Amendment almost like as soon as we put as it in. As soon as it
0: was there, yeah.
1: Um. So the book feels very relevant to Irish society. But the thing that surprised me about the book and the reason why we're actually discussing it now is not the abortion storyline, but how gay it is. This is a very gay book. Um, The main character is bisexual with a boyfriend who Mm -hmm. is an ass. He is not a good, he's not a great guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she goes to Q Club where she meets up with lots of other queer people. And she has been going to Q Q Club for a number of years when we start the book. So she is an established queer child. And I nice people that do be in Dublin yeah I love that for her um and really what I wanted to talk about was mostly she has a number of friends and acquaintances who are trans and the thing I want to talk about most is not even necessarily I feel real bad poor, poor Claire Hennessy wrote this fabulous book that under other circumstances I would probably discuss with you on its own merits but I set out this June to talk about you were going reading a book about lesbians in the past and I wanted to read something about trans people because they don't get enough representation in the media they don't get enough representation in literature and They just don't get enough screen time. So I went about finding some books in which I could talk about that feature a trans person. And Mm -hmm. I read three different books before I found one where I was like, I am happy to discuss this book because... It turns out, and part of it, I've tweeted about this, so if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me complaining about this recently. Part of it is that the YA genre as a whole does not necessarily lead itself to discussions about queer people in a totally positive way. In part Mm -hmm. because the YA genre is mostly about people coming to realize who they are and like growing as humans and so having a story in which you're like oh I'm not sure about my sexuality I'm not sure about my gender YA fiction is a great place to explore that because most of the books are about young people finding who they are but at Mm -hmm. the same time even the books that I read that were written by trans people I was like can the trans character have any happiness?
0: So, is, is Dreadnought possible? pretty much unique then? Because Dreadnought is the book we did last Pride Month um, that had a trans protagonist. And so, yeah, part of. We're going go back. Part of the reason Kira wanted to do a trans book is, yeah, because I was doing a book which was about like the same sex attraction element of queerness but also i was like just looking over the books we've done in our past year plus of this project and a lot of them are just just happen to be gay they just happen to have some gayness in it so we've got a lot of different ways people have dealt with gayness and there's very few Books that just happen to have transness in them and just happen to have characters who are trans. So yeah, most of the that books, about
1: <laughs> yeah, most of the books that I have found that the character just happens to be trans exist in science fiction. And like they're outside the remit of our podcast a little bit because they are aimed at adult readers and they're just like, oh, yeah, no. And this person also is trans side notes. And that's Mm. kind of what I was looking for in a YA book and this was honestly the closest I could guess and it was mostly just because it wasn't actually told from the trans person's point of view which isn't what I was looking for either Mm. and I found this to be less upsetting to read people being transphobic in this context mostly because it wasn't the trans person themselves and I understand people People grow up in a society that is homophobic, it's it's transphobic, it's racist. And like queer people, bisexuals can be biphobic and say lots of very bad things about other bisexuals. Lesbians can do the same. You can be a self-hating gay very, very easily just by absorbing mm-hmm. society around us. And the same is true of trans people. You can have a lot of self-hate due to just being different to other people it's not an easy experience um but it was just so difficult to read these narratives of people and it's not that I'm thinking that these narratives shouldn't exist because they definitely should you definitely it definitely helps normalize your experience if you find out that other people are also having similar experiences and are also having a hard time with this, but at the same time, it's kind of like it would be really nice to read that it doesn't have to be like this forever. You can be trans and just have your lar- biggest problem be that you're the person that you're crushing on is crushing on someone else, which is not which is a narrative of loads of other books,
0: or like, even you know you're trans but also uh you're fighting robots at the end of the world like you're a time traveling magician but you're just also trans like yeah just uh, have a story with a trans character that isn't Um, about transphobia oh like and again we are two cis people talking about this so disclaimer disclaimer
1: I, I don't want to speak over trans voices. Some of the books that I read in like prep for this were written by trans people. And I'm just like, why this narrative just seems so depressing for someone, for anyone, really. And a lot of them, I was like, that's just bad science. Like, some of the things that you're saying appear to be just incorrect.
0: Um, Do you think it's but... easier to get a book published as a trans author if it's somewhat negative or pessimistic
1: i have no idea i don't know anything about the publishing world it's just Mm -hmm. some of them just are like so bad i will like like one of the books i read was birthday by melissa russo and she's a trans person writing about a trans experience um, and now part of the problem with that book was the framing of it meant that you lived one day of the trans person's life a year because it was their birthday each year and you skipped time so you lost a lot of the context for what was going on in their lives but also so much of that book was just straight up homophobic, the trans mm-hmm. character has a lot of transphobia inside of them part of that is that they are growing up in Texas so I understand that but one of like the central problems of the book is that she appears to be a boy everyone believes that including her best friend whose point of view we also get we get both of them and his central conflict the best friend's central conflict is that He's sometimes like, I think I might have a crush on Morgan, who I believe is a boy, and that's terrible gay. and awful and gay. And the central issue of the fact that they crush on each other is solved by Morgan being like, I'm actually a girl, and there's like no processing at all of this. And the the best friend because is it skips like, forward right? another year. No, even within that scene. There is no process of being a, of this, and Morgan is just like, Morgan's best friend is like, amazing, we can shift now. I, I'm, I'm so relieved I'm not gay. And I'm like, that's not necessarily an issue with trans people. It's great mm. that you're able to process that fast, but also, what?
0: Mm. <laughs> there's, yeah, no,
1: that's... there's no thought that perhaps he could be bisexual. There's just super relieved that He is not gay. And then it skips forward a year.
0: I mean, we 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 deal in teenagers here. We our characters are dumb. (laughs) And not necessarily operating at a high level of awareness of like there's no like trans inclusive gender abolition available to like presumably straight Texan boys. Um outside of austin anyway like there's you know it's
1: yeah like morgan in that book knows that she is trans from the very first chapter and like we then spend 80 to 90 percent of the book just watching her have the worst time ever because we meet her age 13 and she doesn't come out to anyone until she's 17 Mm -hmm. Um, and so she we just keep meeting her year after year having awful awful experiences over and over again and I'm aware that yes it's very pos- it like is not uncommon for trans people not to come out until They're late teens, early 20s. Just when they have some fiscal independence
0: from parents or what have you.
1: Yeah. But her dad is actually, like, super cool. And we don't get to see any of that because we just skip a year.
0: Oh, so she tells him and we skip a year.
1: Yeah. She tells two people and then we immediately skip a year. And she's like, my life is so much better now. And I'm like, your life is so much better for five pages.
0: Yeah. Cool. I
1: had to I had to very ups watch your life be absolutely dog shit.
0: For several years, um, yeah.
1: For several years. And that is the problem that I'm finding with most of these books
0: is that it's just... Their lives are absolute dog shit because the characters yeah. are treated badly. Okay, fun. What's different about this book then?
1: The art of the art of being normal. A trans character misgenders another trans character multiple times. Because
0: they don't like them? Or for like, consciously? No, they're
1: supposed to be friends. They're supposed to be friends. And once one of the characters comes out, they continue to deadname them and use their old pronouns, even though they now know that they are trans, until she wears a dress. And then they're like, oh, okay. now I now I will refer to you by your new by by your pronouns.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's. I want to chalk up a lot of this to teen evils, but even so, it's like it. Art doesn't have to teach you how to be a good person, but it would be really nice to have one book out there. That's like, here's how you might react if your friend comes out as trans in a way that won't upset them and be awful for them. Like, here's an example of one way that you could do that broad range of human behaviours, but apparently there aren't.
1: There's no good way of doing it. Um, The only book that I found that I really loved and that I thought did a very good job is actually not even a YA book. It's it's a middle grade book, so it's kind of aimed at nine to 12 Mm year olds and that's George by by Alex Gino Mm -hmm.
0: George is such a cute book I read that a few years ago it had it it's uh there's a little trans girl and she wants to play Charlotte in the school play and it's a great book
1: it is a great book um and that book uses uses she pronouns from the very beginning it's really grace because George is narrating it and while we don't find out like the choice of name that George would use if given the freedom of choosing until the very end, she does. she does be like I am a girl, I have a boy's name mm-hmm. and is struggling to articulate that to other people, in particular her mom and her brother, but at the same time she is very definite in herself who mm-hmm. she is. And she just wants to play Charlotte in the school play, and it's Grace. Um, and she chooses the name Melissa, which is a lovely is. name. Um, and her friends are really loving and supportive, like, immediately, as soon as they find out. Um, and it's just a sweet, sweet book that would be great to read with mm-hmm. kids, and as an adult. Because adults can learn more, yeah. too. Um, other books that do well in terms of like the sci-fi would be the Becky Chambers books are very good.
0: That's a long way to a small angry planet, isn't it? She wrote that one.
1: That's that's the first one. And then the rest of the books um, play in that same sandpit mm-hmm. um, and universe. Um, to be thought of Fortunate definitely features a trans person. And to be honest, I think some of the other ones do as well. I'm just not entirely sure mm-hmm. it's not that i'm not entirely sure it's just that i can't particularly remember which characters are trans That almost all of them are queer in some yeah. way it's fab um but this book cool. that i just read so there's two plot lines going on for the whole book one of them is that our main character lauren has pre-start of the novel had a massive falling out with her friend steph and we don't know why for most of the book. And the other storyline is that she has become pregnant and does not mm-hmm. want to be. Um, and the two of those storylines don't really merge that much. I get the impression that like if Lauren had not had this falling out with Steph, she would have less problems with her unwanted pregnancy, not because it would become wanted but she would just have more support in going through all of the things that she has to go through. So Lauren is not like other girls.
0: Ah, okay, so she's different.
1: But, But she also says this and is like, I know it is unfeminist of me to say I'm not like other girls but I'm not like other girls. I'm not interested in makeup and looking nice and buying all new clothes and being real ditzy. I'm super interested in the world around me. I know all about the politics that are happening all the time. And how can these girls just be talking about like homework and boys when there are when there are police shooting unarmed black men in America and a man killed his wife down the country and all of these things are happening in the world and all these girls are just talking
0: about... Is she the aware world. that good things happen and, too and also that everything happens isn't necessarily her business? Have um, has you not learned that lesson yet? No,
1: she has not learned that Yes, and it's that... I actually remember being Lauren to a large in secondary school where I was like other people are not as aware of the world as I am and how can they have these such little petty things that they are worried about when there are such large issues in the world but and this is the lesson that Lauren has to like come to come about to learn which is that you can be concerned about more than one Mm -hmm. thing at a time Um, you can have both large and small problems um, and she learns this by making friends with other people. That'll do it. So she's in transition year in Ireland, which is an in-between exam years time where you're supposed to like go out and learn about yourself and try new experiences. We've talked about it in previous podcasts. She's about
0: 16 then? Um,
1: so she is 16 and most of her friends are 16. Via... Q-Club, she has a couple of friends that are older. One of them, John, is doing his leaving Circe. So, mm-hmm. 18. Um, I think that's kind of, like, the oldest character that we have. um, And he's not even really in it that much. But Lauren, for all of her, like, super wokeness, is actually kind of awful to other people.
0: Yeah it's easy to hypothetically understand that you should be wonderful to people and harder to actually be nice when you don't feel like it.
1: And most of it most of her horribleness to people she like is horrible to people and is like I know I should be better but this particular person is the worst and therefore it's okay that I'm horrible to them and I'm like no Lauren it's not.
0: You no, still aren't allowed to be mean. Um, it does not give you a get out of jail free card that this person Yeah. You could is
1: mean. You can you can not like a person who is trans and not like them for very justifiable reasons and not be
0: transphobic to Oh them. she does that fun trick.
1: When she does that fun trick. Not very often, I will admit. I can't believe this is the Mostly- least
0: transphobic book you could find.
1: I know, it's Grace. So, mostly because she has a lot of... She has a couple of friends who are trans, and therefore she has a lot of very good interactions with Mm -hmm. trans people that kind of balance out her terrible interactions. Um, But she's also, like... She is bi and biphobic.
0: Does she think other bisexual people are not like her?
1: She thinks... She of a lot of different bisexuals is like, oh, maybe they're just trying to be interesting. Like, she is a bi girl with a boyfriend. And she meets at a party one of the people who identifies as pan. Mm-hmm. She, calls group, she calls a group of three pan- pansexuals the posh pansexuals. Um, and there's like an unspoken rule in Q Club that if you meet people out of context, you don't interact with them because you don't want to
0: out people yeah outing
1: them yeah and so she meets out of context one of these pansexuals and she's just like oh maybe she's actually straight and just coming to our meetings to be interesting and she's here with her boyfriend and i'm like she's not even talking to a boy in this scene like you have absolutely no evidence for this you're just being a dick you're just
0: being biphobic or panphobic
1: yeah um and then like in the same in this at the same party she ends up breaking up with her boyfriend Yikes. they kind of cold war each other because one of his friends says oh that's so gay and then she's like that's homophobic actually why are you using homophobic language and the boy is like well no one here is gay and she's like well they wouldn't come out with you being homophobic around them and i'm like you literally had a shit time ton- you literally just went on a rant internally about how one of the girls at this party is faking being queer and now you're calling someone else out for being verbally like homophobic. And I'm like, yes, you should call people out for being homophobic but you don't have much of a leg to stand on in this context. So Lauren
0: isn't holding herself to the same standards she's holding other people to, which is fun because then she's like, I'm not like other people. And it's like, yeah, no, you're not like other people because you're making a lot of exceptions for yourself here.
1: Yeah, she makes a lot of exceptions for herself. And one of them is in and around her friend Steph, who Lauren has always known as a girl and they've grown up together and is lauren's like massive Mm -hmm. crush and they were kind of when they joined q club age like 14 and age 15 they kind of were like we are a little bit kissing each other but we're also kissing lots of other people and when we kiss each other it's mostly just for like funsies because we're such good friends it's not a romance
0: I'm just kissing this person sex for
1: yeah yeah for no reason we're just we're really good friends and we kiss and that's it and it's mostly very like it's not even making out kissing it's just like we peck each other I'm not gonna
0: I'm not saying this is not a valid 14 year old experience to have but it's just so extremely removed from my experience of being 14 that I cannot fathom it
1: Yeah, no, um, wild experiences. Also, a third thing that happens in this book is that Lauren has a drinking problem, um, and it, like, goes back to when she was, like, 14, 15, and, like, she is now Mm -hmm. 16, and it is exasperated by losing Steph as a friend, and it's exasperated by the unwanted pregnancy, um, and then the trauma of traveling for an abortion on your own, uh, and that is ultimately what gets her into counseling is that her parents are like, You are having, you are coming into the house multiple times drunk. You appear to not be able to like stop drinking. We have told you we want you to stop drinking as much. We know that you're 16. We know that like people your age drink. But they find her, like, passed out in her room after she's been sneaking lots of alcohol from her parents. And there's just, like, a couple of empty bottles.
0: And they're like, okay, that's it. The final straw. You're going to counselling. Fair and cool and Um, a difficult thing to deal with when you're 16. But you mentioned that Lauren knew Steph as a girl. And then we tangented. So what's the deal? (laughs)
1: My apologies. So they've been kind of messing about. Lauren is super into Steph. Steph doesn't give in any indication at any point that they are more into Lauren as anything more than like a person that they sometimes mm-hmm. kiss in the past and now in the present they definitely are like, um but well, we're barely even friends right now. <laughs>
0: um Is that because Lauren's being transphobic or It
1: is due to a couple of misunderstandings. Okay. Uh, some communication would go a long way in a lot of this.
0: The book. Teens these days are always texting. Are you telling me they don't communicate? Do not
1: communicate at all. Shamble. Awful. So, in the past, in which we get flashbacks of, Lauren and Steph were in Steph's room one time, and they went further than they had gone before with each other, and had sex. Okay. So. They're shifting, making out, their clothes come off. Steph pleasures Lauren. Lauren then goes to return the favor, as it were. And things g- are going okay. And then suddenly Steph is like, no, you have to stop. We have to okay. stop. Okay? They do stop. Um, they kind of... Lauren is like, I don't know what's going on. But she comforts Steph. And then Steph is like, I think you should leave which is awkward because they were supposed to be having a sleepover. Mm. Um, and Lauren does.
0: Is that like the last time and they spend there's... time together?
1: That is the last time they spend time together because shortly after, about a week of radio silence where Lauren is like, are you okay? And doesn't really get any responses. Lauren gets this text off Steph, which is, "Lore, sorry for radio silence. Been thinking and need to tell you something. I'm a boy, at least inside. You know what I mean. You know how all this works. Not telling anyone yet, so please don't share, but thought you should know. And Lauren misinterprets this, which she shouldn't do, because she is very entrenched in the community, knows other trans people, is super aware of how it all works... And is like, my body was so repulsive to Steph and having sex with me was so repulsive to Steph that they have decided to no longer be a
0: girl. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. Oh, God. This is, it's like what I was, okay, one, that's dumb. Uh, Two, this is exactly what we were saying earlier is that Lauren is making exceptions for herself, like, like she knows how transness works and how people understand themselves to be trans and come to that realization and how things can happen in lots of weird ways and how maybe being sexually intimate with someone for the first time can make you aware of your body in a way that you're not in another time. And Hey, that can bring attention to like dysphoria, but no, because she's there. She's like, Oh, I did such a bad job that my friend is a boy now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, lot of trauma around that um and does she text steph back she texts them back saying thanks for letting me know
0: what pronouns are used for steph in the book at that point and onwards
1: so the book flips because the book doesn't start using um he he him pronouns for steph until they change their name okay um, which comes about about halfway through the book, and the name that they choose is Evan, which perfectly good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren has opinions about. Lauren us.
0: seems to have opinions about a lot of things. Will we use Evan and he him to describe this character now? I'm gonna I'm gonna use Evan from this point yeah. on.
1: Um, because now we know that they're trans he... in the world. Uh, that he I know I use a lot of they there. Yeah, I do the same. But he is trans, and he is. So Lauren knows for the whole book and it uses she for the start until until he comes out more publicly, at least,
0: which... So until there's ramifications for her misgendering.
1: It's kind of unclear because I don't think no other characters use he, him pronouns for, for Evan until after the name change either. So I think that there's a lot of, like, even the Q Club people... Yeah. So I think that up until that point, they were like, I am doing some gender questioning stuff, but I'm chill with like using what we're using now. It's not it's not addressed straight up.
0: There's there's also the situation that I have been in before where like much like in Q Club, like, you know, someone from a queer event or a queer organization, but you know that that person isn't out publicly. Uh, So within the queer space, they might use names and pronouns that they don't use outside of that space. And so you need to monitor your language, not out them and put them in an unsafe situation. After texting Lauren that they're a
1: boy, um, Evan starts hanging out with this other trans person from Q Club a lot more, whose name is Mark with a C which Lauren also has a lot of problems with. She's like, why would you... If you were choosing your own masculine name, why would you spell it in such a feminine manner? And I'm like, because you get to, like, present yourself however you want, and that includes the spelling of your name. You get to do whatever. You can get... You
0: can pick whatever name makes you happy. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, no, Lauren is the worst. mm. She she comes good. Her best friend once... Evan is not no longer their friend kind of is a trans girl called Ellie Mm -hmm. who is absolutely lovely um and is also like going kind of back and forth between the two of them and like you mean back and forth between between Evan and Lauren being like why have you fallen out maybe you should give the other some slack maybe you should communicate with each other because honestly like
0: that's a good advice
1: it is good advice. And partly I'm just like so confused as to, as to why Evan and Lauren have fallen out so hard. Like on Lauren's half, it's because she's like, "Oh, my having sex with me was so bad. This person has
0: trans their gender.
1: Has changed their gender." But from Evan's point of view, I think it must be just that they're like, "Oh, I came out to my friend and they've reacted mm-hmm. badly." But there doesn't seem to, which is, like, a very good reason to want to avoid a person. But there doesn't seem to be, like, this instigating factor afterwards. I suppose that is the instigating factor for them to not be friends anymore. But it's like that happened near the start of the summer, and then they were just weird about each other for the rest of the summer, and we joined the book in about late October, early November, and... They've been, like, kind of interacting at school and sometimes it's like, oh, this is where we could, this moment is where we could, like, just pretend none of it ever happened and just be who we are. But Lauren will say something to, like, further the gap between them. And, like, there are many points where one or the other could, like, send out an olive branch and neither of them are doing it or accepting anything from the other.
0: And I don't fully understand why that is that So way. since the A-plot of this book is about a teen pregnancy, I will give Lauren the slack. She has a lot of other stuff going on, but um, I will just hold this up as an example of how not to react when your friend comes out to you as trans. Um, cold yeah. shoulder, bad. Avoiding them, bad. Uh, implicit or re- explicit rejection, bad. Um, if you've got feelings about it that's understandable sort them out on your own time be a friend to your friend
1: you can also just like communicate openly with your friends you can be like don't be unrealistic i am supportive don't be teens communicating talks to each other what like they don't sort out like they end the book friends Mm -hmm. but like literally so because Lauren is in counselling, her counselor like is like, Maybe you should make things up with Evan. Maybe that would like you had more friends than you have now. And she actually ends up having more friends at the book at the end of the book than she ever had at the start. So I'm like, go 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 she you sounds Lauren. Open very your...
0: unlikable at the start of the book, so
1: At this start of the book she is purposely cutting people out of her life though mm. as well. Because she's been hurt by Evan and doesn't want to be hurt again. Doesn't want to let other people in. And also, she's better than all the other girls in her class. Come on.
0: How long does that stay happening? School. How does... Does she express this to Ellie at any point? How does that go? Um, it goes bad.
1: So one of... One of... One of Lauren's recurring thoughts is that because Evan is hanging out with Mark so much now, Mark is, like, influencing them Mm -hmm. to be trans
0: oh evan caught the trans
1: as opposed to being like someone with a shared experience over which they are bonding and it is helpful to talk to someone who is going through the same things that you are going through Uh, lauren is like now that they're hanging out so much it must obviously be a direct rejection of me and also like mark stealing my friend away um and lauren doesn't see mark as a human being with their own problems and stuff until uh she actually runs into him while she is leaving counseling and he is starting counseling because they go to the same they go to different counselors but in, within the same building is
0: that now a trope within irish ya fiction
1: i know because that also happens in Tuesday. i get-
0: Tuesdays are just as bad as just the best book.
1: It's the best book. Um a listener recently read it and contacted me to say that they loved it, so more of you should read us.
0: Oh, wonderful. Wonderful.
1: <laughs> All of you should go to read it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic.
0: So it's through counselling that Lauren figures out that Mark's a person and also through counseling that she decides to talk to Evan again. Sounds like counselling was good.
1: Her counsellor is a nun, and it's wild. Uh, she goes to a very Catholic all-girls school, of which her mom has recently been made a principal, which also furthers her con- disconnection from her mom, because now that her mom her mom used to be a teacher in the school, and that was fine, but now that her mom is the principal, the mom has like put down more distance between them, kind mm-hmm. of, to be like... I have to treat you the same as every other student, but this is kind of like bleeding into their home life a little bit. That's great. It's just difficult for Lauren. And a thing that she learns at the end of the book, shockingly, is that other people can't read her mind and just know that things are going wrong in her life. When her mom finds out that she had an abortion, she is very supportive of Lauren and is like, maybe if you told me we could have figured things out or and lauren is like no i just did not want to be pregnant i did not want to have a baby like this was the right choice for me and her mom is like okay but we could have supported you more Mm -hmm. in this choice and lauren is like i just wanted you to know i just wanted you to know i just wanted you to like figure it out and her mom's like how
0: (laughs) yeah
1: i can't figure things out without you giving me Some information. I was going
0: to say that it would be a lovely world if people could just know the things that you want them to know without you having to tell them. But then I realised that's the book I read to you two weeks ago and it was really bad.
1: Selectively know what you want them to know without having to tell them. But then
0: you'd also be like, oh, I wish I didn't have to selectively allow for you to know this thing. It's so much effort, you know.
1: Like, I'm not entirely sure that her mom knew she had a boyfriend. So... It's very difficult for her mom, therefore, to know that she is experiencing an unwanted pregnancy Mm -hmm. because I don't I also don't think that her mom knew she was having sex. So if you don't have one piece of information, it definitely makes it much harder to link it to another. Um, And her mom, her mom is like. We're gonna, when she finds out about the abortion, she's like, We have to get you like a follow up checkup with the doctor just to make sure everything is okay. And we're also gonna get you on the pill. And Lauren's immediate response is, That doesn't protect you from all diseases. And her mom is just like, starts crying. She's like, My daughter knows so much, but is also a dumb 16 year old. Yeah.
0: Like, it doesn't protect you from all diseases. You should also use the barrier method, but it does protect you from pregnancy. It it does help with that. Mm -hmm. And it's just,
1: she's so grown up in so many ways. And at the same time, Lauren is a
0: tiny child. I think that was kind of me at 16. Yeah. Tell me more about our trans characters.
1: Yeah. So eventually they do make up Lauren and Evan. And it literally is like them having a conversation where Lauren is just like, we had sex. We need to talk about that. And I'm like, guys, it is six months
0: later. It is six months later, but also they hadn't talked about it yet.
1: But they have like completely killed their entire relationship and friendship from when they were tiny children by just like neither of them talking about the big thing they have to talk about for six months.
0: Both sex and self-knowledge are inherently embarrassing things. And when you're 16 and there's two embarrassing things stopping you from having a conversation with someone, that might just be motivation enough to let the whole relationship go. Just let it go down with the ship because the alternative is talking about your gender and also having sex with a person. That's a lot of vulnerability in one. I don't know. I'm not saying it's a smart choice. It just makes sense.
1: It makes sense, kind of, both of their reactions. Like, they really needed to have, like, a sit-down conversation way earlier. Lauren's reaction doesn't make sense to me. No. Lauren's reaction is literally, like, when they do have the conversation, she says, it's just timing-wise, it felt like seeing me naked was, what, like, it turned me, Evan says, incredulously? No, yeah, kind of, I know, it's stupid, yeah, I'm expecting a lecture, but instead he goes... I didn't even think about how you'd take it. I just thought you were being, you know, horrible transphobic bitch lady, I supply. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um and it like obviously you never know how a person is going to take you coming out. Mm-hmm. That is like always a concern, but it doesn't make entire sense to me that Evan would think this of Lauren given that they are both actively friends with a number of trans people but
0: if evan um, knows but then
1: we we do know that lauren is the worst yeah so. that's the
0: thing i'm saying evan has evan been privy to any of lauren's thoughts about like other people pretending to be bisexual for attention or anything like that because in that case he wouldn't doubt that lauren could be like talking the right talk with transphobia but as soon as someone she knows comes out she like can't deal with it or doesn't want to yeah it's what we've got is a self-centered character telling a story about herself and being shocked that everyone else doesn't understand it the same way she does
1: It is the issue that we find time and time again where these characters are just realising that they are not the only person with things going on in their lives. So Lauren is constantly looking for other people to just intuit that she is going through a crisis and as a hurt person she is therefore hurting other people but that doesn't mean you don't need to apologise for your actions. And near the end of the book she does start apologising, thank god. Mm. But the other characters are also 16 year olds who also who don't realize that other people are going through things and that is something that ellie is like highlighting to everyone throughout the book we don't realize like that ellie is going back and forth between both evan and lauren to try and like broker peace until the two of them talk to each mm-hmm. other but ellie has been saying to lauren you need to talk to evan as a human being and like just have a little bit of cop on and at the same time ellie has been talking to has been talking to evan and being like there is something clearly go like we all know what's going on with you you are adjusting Mm -hmm. to coming out as trans and having the world not respect you also um evan's mom is terrible will not give the school which to which he goes which is an all-girls school permission to like won't won't give him permission to wear pants, so he has to wear a skirt to school every day, won't give permission for the teachers to use um, their name, so uh, the teachers have to decide on a case-by-case basis what they're going to do. On. But the principal won't enforce us, who is Lauren's mother, again, without like, parent a note from the parent. So, God. like, one of the teachers is really cool and does use use Evan, but most of them are bad. The emotional of whiplash
0: bad. of that throughout your day when you're 16 is horrible. Just the idea of going into a 40-minute class and knowing for the next 40 minutes I'm going to get misgendered. Like, and I'm having to wear clothes that people are associating with the gender that they want me to be, which is not what I am. And... Like, I've got 40 minutes of this, and then I've got 40 minutes in the class with the teacher who I think is trying to be sound, but really doesn't get it. And then it's like, towards the end of the day, I'm, I have a double class with a teacher who's cool, and that's great. But then I've got another tea. like, oh my god.
1: Yeah, the, just the whole of this. So El-
0: Ellie is like, we all
1: know what's going on with you. Things are bad in your life. But... I think things are bad for Lauren and we don't know what it is. She just seems to be having a hard time and maybe you should cut her some slack and just open communication? See if you can... I'm like, Ellie is the best of all of these characters and she does not get enough screen time. Does Ellie know Um,
0: what Lauren's going through at this point? Or is she just like intuiting?
1: She is intuiting it partly based on the amount of alcohol that Lauren is consuming, and also Lauren keeps- Lauren keeps getting blackout drunk, and before that, texting, and also, like, posting things on the internet, and a lot of the things that she is posting on the internet are problematic, particularly around gender. So Ellie is being like, you need to get your shit together, I don't know what's going on with you, and maybe you should drink slightly less being open to finding out what's going on but also being like you need to get your shit together
0: (sighs) ellie sounds smart um god i i feel like there's something to be said here about being really overstretched in your own life when you're focused on your own stresses and your own shit happening and that making you really blind to what hap what's happening with other people because yeah there are some really obvious signs from both Lauren and Evan that they have stuff happening as well, but the other person is just going through it. And because they're going through something so stressful themselves, they're just not copping on (laughs) that the other person is also going through something. But I don't even know if there's a perfect solution to that, but I will give you the life hack that sometimes when your life is full of your own problems, it is cool and a nice break to take 40 minutes and talk to your friend about their problems instead. It's like a holiday.
1: Yeah, it's... Oh, it's a wildness. Ellie is the best. That's all I've got to say there. Mm. Um, she's real cool. And there's also... So, also, like, Lauren is super involved in herself, but even when, like, her and Evan in previous years were, like, both super involved in each other non-sexually just being like we're both the only people in this school who have any knowledge of the world evan is like i have a crush on this on this girl katie from home Ec. and they're both like oh super straight katie oh why do you always fall for the straight girls turns out katie isn't straight. she's dating someone dating another one of the posh pansexuals near the end of the book and it's just like you no matter how self-involved you are no matter how special you think you are, there are other gays. Yeah. They're around the place. Also just... You are not the only queer in your year. Mm. Well, depending on the size of your year, they're going to a Dublin school. Yes. <laughs> and I, 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 that's something that I, I associate with. Because I'm like, when I was in school, my whole group of friends were all queer. We were a group of gay kids. And remember being like, we're the only gays in the school. And now that we're out of school a couple of years, I'm like, oh, all these other people in my year, also gay. But I just didn't care about them.
0: So they didn't exist. I just
1: didn't, they, I didn't know that they were queer. Maybe they weren't out. Maybe they were just out to the group of people they hung out with. But now time and space has allowed them more opportunities to be who they are on on a larger scale. And now I know it. So I'm like, ah, oh, it wasn't just my group. We weren't the only gays in the village, as
0: it were. <laughs> yeah, this seems to be a book about not only realizing that other people are people, but also that you're people. This book is called Like Other Girls, and it's Lauren realizing that she is like other girls in that other girls are like her in that they're people, in that other people are people. But um, yeah, it's... Some people it's it's hard to let go of the presumption that your suffering will become very obvious to others just because you're going through it. Like clearly she's had some telltale signs, but believe it or not if you don't tell people what the problem is, they don't know what the problem is.
1: Yeah. Um that's kind of everything I have to say about the book. Um I have spoken negatively about it in a lot of ways today, but I would actually recommend it. It is very good at saying the things it wants to say. It is a social commentary on access to reproductive rights that one of the people that she meets, when she goes to have the abortion in in Liverpool, the waiting room has a couple of other women oh, in I it. Oh, I bet she has some thoughts them, and
0: feelings on that.
1: <laughs> mostly she's like... My r- reason for having an abortion is very, very selfish. Mm-hmm. And I bet that all of these women have like super noble, justifiable reasons.
0: Really? That's the opposite um, of how most people go about that one.
1: Yeah. Um. And when she is like returning to the airport, one of the women who was in the waiting room is actually on the same flight as her. And they go to the bar together to get drinks. And that woman is like, I have two kids at home. I can't have a third child. And Lauren is just like this is surprising to me. This is like something she had never considered. That people could want and one
0: kid and not another kid.
1: Yeah, and and her and the the other woman Rosemary is just like I would rather be a good parent to two kids than a bad parent to three. She's like I just don't have the resources for three kids. And the kids she already have are 12 and 8. Like there's an age gap and it's, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Having a child is a whole thing. That it is. So, you know, the book is definitely worth reading.
0: What was your highlight? Or who would you recommend it to first? Who, who would you recommend this book to?
1: I think I would just recommend it to 16 and 17 year olds. Mm -hmm. Particularly anyone who wants to know what Ireland was like pre-repealing the Mm 8th. Because there is a lot of infor- there is a lot of information about the Eighth Amendment and accessing abortions and the difficulty of doing so and the repercussions of not being able to access reproductive health is is a main theme of this book mm-hmm. and then also I think I would recommend it to queer people. There is just a- it is nice to read a book in which queer people are having problems that aren't fundamentally because they're queer. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's, she's having problems because she's pregnant, not because she's bi. Um, Ellie's having problems because her friends are fighting, not because she's trans. Um, yeah. There are three named trans people in this book. Good stuff. And they all have their own stuff going on. We don't really get into Marx, but we know that he has stuff. Ellie has stuff going on. And like, they all have their own lives that we are glimpsing. That was fantastic.
0: Oh, trans people are people.
1: It's so rare to get a book with one trans person, let alone three that are all doing their own thing, mm-hmm. having their own lives. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't lowlights are just like Lauren is kind of the worst, but also I understand that where she's coming from. A lot of the time, I'm like she's just too young, mm-hmm. like she needs more life experience. Also, the world is the worst. Like a lot of her issues. She reminisces before she goes to counselling about how when she was 11, a girl in her class was going to counselling because her parents were divorcing. And she asked her mom if she should be going to counselling. And her mom was kind of like, is there a reason you should be going to counselling? And she didn't have one. She didn't have one that she could explain. But the reason that she wanted to go to counselling is just like, the world was too much. The
0: world is a lot to cope with, particularly if you are... Someone who's like, I'm aware of politics happening on different continents. That's a lot to be coping with.
1: So she's just like, the world
0: is too much
1: and there's just too much happening. And for that, I need counselling. And I'm like, same.
0: Understandable. (laughs) There is too much.
1: Um, I do not want to live in interesting times anymore. Whoever put that curse on me can take it back. Thank you.
0: Never really wanted it. Sort of expected it. Twas always going to be the way. Did expect it to be mostly, cli- mostly climate change based though, so fun.
1: Yeah, the only good thing about this pandemic is that it will possibly lead to greater environmental changes. So, sidelights and highlights? Sidelights is possibly uh, Rosemary who was the, the older woman looking for an abortion. She just was very grounded. Lauren's mom is also Grace. Like, She's a little bit unaware of everything, but that's because she lacks communication mm-hmm. from her daughter. She does try a number of times to like talk to Lauren and Lauren is just like, read my mind. Like at one point, she, Lauren cuts school because she's very upset by a thing that has happened. And her mom is like, why did you cut school? And Lauren just is like, why do you think I cut school? And her mom is like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. And Lauren is just like, I was bored. It's boring. As opposed to telling her the actual reason why she cut school and giving her mom info- Like, her mom is like Please legitimately me, asking. Yeah. Her brother is also cool. He comes home from Australia for Christmas. And Lauren is like, hey, can I have some money for gig tickets? And her brother is like, yeah, sure. And then she's not to pay for her abortion. Okay. Um, I- the only thing I will say is, while it's not completely unrealistic, for lauren in this situation because of like the family background that she has she does not have a hard time funding her abortion which would not be the situation for most 16 year old girls yeah because you like she steals her mom's credit card to pay for the flights which is how her mom knows that she um went to, to Liverpool and initially her mom thinks she went in support of someone else and is like you need to like tell me about these things and then later figures out that it was for Lauren
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and she also gets the money off her brother just by asking for us and then she clears out her savings so like some parts of that were like
0: a little bit idealistic not unrealistic
1: not unrealistic but they were like she was living in the perfect situation to easily do this very difficult yeah. thing. I don't really want to, like, come down on the book for that because a lot of stuff is going on in Lauren's life without having to, like, also have a crisis about how to pay for her abortion. But, like, if this was at a the book same time...
0: about a working class girl, there would have to be questions about where she's getting the money from. Like, what organizations can she reach out to that will help her? Are there any? Uh, who in her life can she help? Yeah, there's more questions.
1: Like, Lauren does have to ask other people for money. That is true. Like, she takes money from her parents, she asks her brother for money. But yeah, there is definitely girls within Dublin, within Dublin, like not even going that far from Lauren's house, that would not have been able to ask a family member for the money that they need. Um, and would have had a much harder time and possibly would have had to do something much less safe.
0: This is something we'd be very, very lightly touching upon because it's not a key part of this book. But um, while we have solved the Eighth Amendment um, issue and you can now get limited access to abortion services in Ireland, a lot of trans people in seeking gender affirming health care do have to go abroad. I know someone getting their oestrogen from England. Um, I know of a guy who had to get top surgery in Poland. It's people still have to travel for vital healthcare um, in a way that is relevant to the LGBT plus community. The medical side of
1: transness is not really gone into immensely in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, after Lauren and Mark, they become better friends and they do bond over like hormones mm-hmm. a little bit. Um and apparently like to the point where it annoys the other Q Cub people and they're like, shut up already. Um pet pet project for them. Cute. Um also I'm just like for some of the book I'm like, is Lauren having gender issues? Just because she and mostly it's to do with her period, but she's just like why does my body hate me so much that it bleeds regularly? Why do I have to experience this? and it's just like really down about her own body a lot of the time, and I'm like, babe, you okay yeah,
0: um see that's the thing with um again, I'm saying this as a cis person, but just you know a cis person who's read a few trans perspectives on this um a lot of people who don't don't realize they're trans super quick because often there are cis explanations for trans problems so like oh no I'm not trans I just have body issues I'm not trans I just have this perfectly normal reaction to this annoying thing that happens like I'm not trans I just don't like how I look I just don't like mirrors it's not a trans thing it's just a thing everyone has and like those things can be true but um yeah they can also be a sign.
1: I think my highlight might be there is a third plot that runs through this whole book that I didn't mention at all and it's about the fact that the the ty students are doing a play and I think that that might be the highlight because it's it, it really it brings a lot of the different things that are happening in the book together right near the end and it's very good it's it's good they're doing a really terrible play called the boyfriend's and they have cut ties with the local boys' school because in previous years the girls' school and the boys' school did a play together and that's a lot of excitement because you get the boys to be shifting mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but they've cut ties and instead of doing like a musical that has like a lot of female parts, which would make sense for an all-girls school, they have a lot of girls dressed in drag essentially. And... Um, Evan gets in trouble for pointing this out.
0: Why? Um, I love arbitrary authority.
1: Yeah. It brings a lot of the plot lines together and it's kind of like the point where Lauren and Evan get a chance to kind of communicate again. It's also
0: kind Um, of a nice, quote unquote, normal teen experience to have a school play.
1: It is a quote unquote, normal teen experience.
0: Opposed to all of these other things these people have to deal with, which aren't as fun.
1: And... Exactly like Tuesdays. Remember how Tuesdays ends with everyone coming over to his house in order to um, have popcorn and movies? This book ends the exact same way. It's all of, like, Lauren's new friends and all of Lauren's old friends have all come over to watch movies. And she's just like, things are getting a little bit better
0: bit by bit. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's a good way to end it's a mess. book, yeah.
1: Mm. And
0: perhaps a good way to end a podcast, if that's all we have on this wonderful yes. book. um we'll be back in 2 weeks with you reading your
1: lesbian historical novel. I
0: will be reading Love in Revolution by B. Or Collins, which as Kira said is a book with some lesbian teens set in a fictional country during a fictional revolution and it's quite good so far. So, um over the course of Pride month also keep an eye on our social media's because we will be occasionally doing some throwback Tuesdays or Thursdays or whichever one it is um, to other books that we've done over the year and a bit of our pod talking about LGBTQ plus issues there's a fair few of them just because this is a month we get excited about because we're queer
1: stay safe and have a
0: happy yes bride. uh I second that like share subscribe uh it's difficult to connect with people these days so if you can do it by sharing our podcast episodes we'd appreciate that but also just do reach out to the people you love and tolerate because there's some bad stuff happening if you have any ability to help the world do it and we will see you in two weeks bye Bye. A book podcast where we review books. Heroes, here, why librarians leave us? Where are the lesbians? They answer all of your questions because they're forever young.